Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bear Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes who are going to try not to be depressing the entire time we talk about the Bears today. <laughs> they don't make it easy on us, though. Oh, man. Yeah, they, uh, I guess, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. But yeah, the Bears had quite a week last week. I, I'm sure they've had worse weeks, but I'm really struggling to Probably. remember. To, I'm struggling to remember when, when you've got all the drama with the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator resigns, and then you just put the cherry on top of the shit Sunday with. It was just insane. That performance in Kansas City. And believe me, nobody expected the Bears to go to Kansas City and win, but. To play like that, where it was clear five minutes in that the, the two teams are playing different sports, and yeah. this team is really far away still, and that was on display. I heard somebody describe it as the Chiefs' homecoming game, which <laughs> I thought was actually a, a pretty perfect way to describe it. The Chiefs, if they had wanted to, they could have scored 100 points in that game. Yeah. Travis Kelsey's got his new girlfriend there because he knows that he's going to be able to impress her against this team, and they're going to be laughing Two minutes into the second quarter, they knew the game was over. So, really <laughs> terrible performance by the Bears, and I don't know what to say at this point, <laughs> other than this team stinks. It's it's far away, and we are staring at a long season. I think. Yeah, there. Uh, it's like I said. There's there's not a whole lot to dwell on. Um, you know, there was. Uh, possibly the best team in the NFL playing possibly the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so the results uh, were not um, from from a from a paperwork from a, a on paper standpoint. It, it wasn't that surprising. No. But it was just all the Bears fans were so upset because, and we were too, because the team seemed so flat and deflated. And like you said, it seemed like the game was over five minutes into it, you know. It didn't seem like really any facet of the entire team went right. Yeah, it felt like another funny comparison, like when Alabama brings in Western Virginia A&M. <laughs> And just right. kind of runs it up on them. That's that's what the Bears felt like. They yeah. were just roadkill, and it was clear very early on that they didn't show up to play at all. And you can sit here and point at individual players, but nobody's playing well. Right. And nobody's coaching well, and there's nothing the Bears do that's even close to league average, it doesn't feel like. So it's... Uh, really difficult watch right now and like the thing that i i'm trying to figure out is what are the solutions to this because we go through the post game process and everybody's ragging on the quarterback and, yeah and the offensive coordinator and the defense and they're all bad but then you go through the week and all the quarterback gurus like chase daniel and kyle Sloter and others come out and say well now we've watched the tape and it's really not the quarterback's fault. The receivers aren't open, and the play calling is predictable. So what's Justin Fields supposed to do? And that's all well and good, and that's great analysis, and it makes you smarter as a fan, and I, I love it. But it's like, all right, well, then what? Yeah. Because let's assume the offensive coordinator's terrible, and it sure seems like he is. You got no replacement for him, so... Uh, and if you, even when you do bring in a replacement, it's just starting over from ground zero again. Yeah, exactly right. And no one's coming in in the middle of the season to bail us out. And Bears fans know about know this scenario. We know it all too well. Right. We watched it happen the entire time Cutler was with the team. You know, uh, every single year it happens the same way. It's it's a it's a changing of the guard, and then the quarterback has to adjust. Yep. And. Let's say, hypothetically, there's some young, up-and-coming offensive genius that has called plays before and happens to not be employed by a team. He's not taking this job right now because yeah. he knows that this coaching staff seems like it's on its way out. The buzz is um, the uh, offensive coordinator for uh, the Lions Yeah, right he's, now. he's a hot candidate. I thought he was going to get a job last year. Well, I mean, look at look at what he got out of Jared Goff. Yeah, he's a really good play caller. And 
he was. I, I think he interviewed for two different jobs last year. I think he did, and he said he stayed with the Lions because he was proud of what they were building there. And I'm sure that's mostly true. I'm sure there was also maybe not the jobs he wanted available, but that guy wouldn't come in to coach under Matt Eberflus. So it, it seems no, like, he's he's head coach. Yeah, it, it seems like we're trending down the path of another coaching change after this year. And then you've got to figure out what to do with the quarterback. And I'm not ready to get to that point yet because this start to the season's gone about as bad as any of us could have guessed. I mean, we could have looked at the schedule and said, yeah, there's a chance they'll start off 0-3. But I didn't really think it would be 0-3 like this. Yeah. Where just nothing has gone right and the team just is in complete disarray. I mean, I listen to a lot of national NFL content just throughout the week. And when you listen to people that aren't Bears fans talk about the Bears, the consensus opinion is that the Bears are like the worst team in the league by far. <laughs> like it's not even it's not even debatable. Like right. so things are not going in the right direction here and it seems like they got the coach wrong and it sure seems like they got a lot of other hires on the coaching staff wrong as well and and roster decisions so it's it's a mess yeah well uh you know you just briefly touched on it um we're left with okay so we fire the quarterback we fire the entire coaching staff we fire the gm uh you know so we start the whole process again it's like at some point we can't do that and I think at least the one person that I will stand behind still is Poles. Um, I giving uh, giving a GM a year and a half when he took over the job from somebody who had it for seven years just doesn't make any sense to me. You you you, you can't you can't quit on his plan already. No. Um, he he needs he should get at least another year. Now. Uh, Jim and I have talked many times. You know what. What if we end up with the number one overall pick? Because obviously that's a distinct possibility. Uh, Caleb Williams is going to be sitting there. Does he become the new Bears quarterback? It's it's certainly tantalizing. Um, and the numbers show pretty distinctly that Caleb Williams is a much better prospect than uh, Justin Fields was coming out of college. Uh, he's done it at a high level his entire career, and he's doing it now. Um, so that would that would certainly not just be uh, that, that's that's a, a, a player that you can look at and say it's not just uh, we want to get rid of our current quarterback. It's that yeah. we're upgrading in talent. Yeah, I, I think that pretty much every team in the NFL, other than like six if they had the first overall pick next year would take Caleb Williams and yeah. move on from their guy and that's not even an insult to Justin Fields Caleb Williams is just a pretty elite prospect but as we've seen elite elite prospects don't always pan out either but yeah. I, I think I think Fields is, is gonna continue to get his chances and look the schedule does soften up a bit because Packers pretty pretty good defense although not last night <laughs> bucks pretty good defense and the chiefs like sneakily we might look down and the chiefs might have like a top five defense in the league at the end of the year they're, they're really good so next four weeks are broncos commanders on thursday night football vikings raiders that's a lot easier than what the bears have gone through so far and yes i understand that they're saying the same thing about the bears i get that right right but the point being, their Bears are going to take a step down in competition, and maybe things will start to look a, a little better. I mean, it's entirely possible that a month from now we're sitting here and the Bears are three and four. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that's likely. Based I, on, I don't either, based on what I've seen so far. But it's not impossible. I mean, the Broncos just gave up seventy points. Thursday night football, weird things can happen. The Vikings are zero and three. The Raiders are one and two with a quarterback that's already injured. So the bears have some winnable games coming up here and maybe the offense does start to look a little better. And if, if it does, then look that we can say they got off to a slow start, but it's got to start looking better fast because you didn't really see much of anything in that chiefs game. And, and that's what those quarterback experts I was talking about were saying is that 
everything's a problem on this offense. The Justin holds the ball too long. The blocking's typically not great. The receivers aren't open. The play calling's predictable. Like, yeah, they, they don't do anything well. Yeah, it, 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 the the blame needs to be spread around because it, it it literally is a situation where there's several factors that are failing. Yeah, and I think Getsy will be the first to go. I, I think if this continues, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the next two games look this way if they move on from Getsy after that Thursday night game. Well, and we don't know that he's a good. That he's a good coach. I would be willing to bet that he's not. <laughs> At least right now. Right? Yeah. And this is another Matt Nagy thing where I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Luke Getz's entire professional coaching experience comes under, or, like, or comes with coaching Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, pretty much that's what I know. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Same thing with Matt Nagy when he. Coaching Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And under Andy Weed. Like, yeah. These guys are coming from good situations and. We said it when they hired Eberflus. We said that the offensive coordinator is, for all intents and purposes, the head coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nagy, uh, you know, is, is the offensive coordinator. Well, just the other day, uh, uh, after the Chiefs win, you know, uh, Mahomes was talking about it. And he says, point blank, yeah, uh, Kelsey runs his own route. <laughs> Right. He just runs out there, and we figure out where he is, and we throw the ball to him. Yeah, I can't imagine Pat Mahomes <laughs> that's, is... That's not real technical. I, I can't imagine Pat Mahomes is learning that much from Matt Nagy at this point. <laughs> and that's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers knew a lot more about football and offense than Luke Getzey did. Yeah. So Well, both, both 12 and 4, when they were at Green Bay, were on-field coaches, too. In the fact that, yeah, there was times both of them have said that they were just like, heck with that, I'm going with this play. You know, I know what's what's called, but I'm not doing that. So that seems to be another hire that the Bears got wrong. And I agree with you, right, that they're not going to fire polls after this year unless things go, like, horribly, horribly wrong, which I, I don't think they're going to, like... If the Bears just go like two and fifteen, but it's not like a complete disaster in terms of just like like, like anything short of what happened with Mark Trestman, yeah. like it, it, as long as it doesn't get to that point, I, I do agree. Polls is coming back, but if I'm Kevin Warren, I'm having some conversations with him about how he arrived at this point. Like, yeah. what was the process to get these guys in here to end up with this coach and this offensive coordinator? Yeah, he needs to talk to his boss. Yeah, like we're going to go through those in excruciating detail to figure out what went wrong and how we're going to fix it because something did not work here because, look, we we knew this was going to be a multi-year thing, but yeah. I think the team looks worse than last year. Yeah, in some in some facets, they really do, and, they, and, and they've got more talent now. It, you know, I, I, that's that's confounding. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. You yeah. know, I'm bamboozled. Like th- that last year with Matt Nagy's team would be favored over this team right now. Uh, it, oh man, that's a terrible thought. <laughs> but it's not wrong. <laughs> but I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you know what they. Um, you know, it, they talked to uh, Flus this week. They talked to Getzy this week. Getzy's uh, interview, I thought, was... Uh, yeah, really. Uh, that's about the best way to describe it right there. It's a very good adjective, by the way. These guys, it, these guys yeah, are... It's, it's like he was talking like, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I'm going to go uh, to the store and pick up some eggs and some milk. And yeah. it's like, dude, uh, this is like... Everything that you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be a long ways from where you are right now. Seeing so laissez-faire about the whole thing doesn't come across to Will Well. Laissez-faire is a great way to describe him and Eberflus. It's like, can we get some sense of urgency here, guys? Right. You've lost 13 in a row, and I get some of that was intentional. Yeah. But... Like, it sounds like they're up there talking about, like, the dinner they had at Olive Garden last night. (laughs) It's just, they're like, yeah, you know, we're we're building. We're close. We're we're getting better. It's like, what are you building? Like, and stop saying that we're close. You just lost by 35 points. Yeah, you're you're not close. Before that, you lost by 10 points. And before that, you lost by 18 points. And what's the average margin of victory in the NFL now? Like, 
six or something or seven. Like, and most games land within like three or four, like you're getting blown out week after week after week. So you're not close. And I understand maybe there's a play that could have gone for a a bigger gain if someone had made a block and whatever the the accumulation of everything is that you're losing games by double digits. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I was thinking about um, after watching the game is there's some like simple things that they could do just to change the face of the offense. I mean, in the second half, why don't you just go in the in the locker room and say, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to chuck out the playbook. I just want you to throw the ball to, to DJ Moore, and if you see something... You know, let, let's call some let's call some deliberate runs, and if you if you see something, uh, a gap, run for it. Because I mean, that's one thing that I still don't understand. And um, uh, that that slaughter he pointed it out too was uh, I'm referencing this quarter uh, quarterback slaughter who who did a a tweet uh, kind of pointing out that. You know, uh, don't don't load this all on number one's shoulders because it's not all on him. This is at Kyle Sloter, by the way. It's kind of a practice squad guy. He, yeah. he played some time with the Vikings, but analyzes quarterbacks now. Well, it, so, you know, the, one of the things I, I think that's interesting here is I, I think he pointed out that there was 11 called runs for, for fields this year. 11. It's like, what? Didn't we already go through this last year? Didn't we already figure out? I mean, people can say what they want about his passing ability, but they can't deny he's a great runner. And if teams are taking it away, then there's got to be a counter to that. Right. Like, if teams are stacking everyone on the line of scrimmage, which I don't know if they are or not, but if they are, then... They definitely were a lot in that game. Then are, you, are you telling me that you can't design a passing play to exploit that? Yeah. Like... Come on, it's just basic, basic stuff. Well, and the thing is, is that uh, I brought this up last week. You know, he has elite speed, right? Um, he has elite running ability. Not even just not run of the mill, not good, not great. He is elite, yeah. and it's like we already have evidence of that. He ran for eleven hundred yards last year, and he had what? Three runs over 60 yards? Yeah. I mean, where is that? Why isn't that being exploited? You know, I know during the offseason it was about, well, we need to see what we have in him as a passer. We don't want him running all the time. We, we You know, a quarterback's longevity, uh, it comes down to, you know, him being able to pass. Well, you know what? Right now it's not working. It's not working So we all. need to do something that will. Yeah, and I don't know, like, if if... Are, are they doing this to demonstrate that he can't do it? Like, are they are they running this offense to say this guy can't get it done in an NFL offense? It almost so seems that way. We're going to move on. It does kind of seem that way at times. It, it it doesn't make sense that you've completely gone away from the designed run concept because quarterbacks that have that ability run designed runs. Yeah. Like Lamar Jackson, for example, right? So, like, you can still make it part of his game without it being all of the game. And if defenses are doing something to take it away, that means that they're leaving some other part of the field open. So figure that out. Just, I mean, this feels like stuff that these NFL geniuses, if, if you ask them, should be able to figure out. Right. But it hasn't been figured out to this point. Far yeah. from it. And and that is a really good point because we, we should look back at the fact that these coaches make a lot of money. To, to do this job. And, you know, Getze's whole job is doing whatever he can with the primary component of the offense, which is the quarterback. And right now, it certainly doesn't seem like he's calling a game plan that fits uh, Fields as, as for his maximum amount of efficiency and production uh, as, as he could. You know... Fields comes out and says, you know, I feel robotic out there. Uh, we're watching him uh, against the Chiefs, looking like he has a blank look on his face, like he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, you know, he's standing there holding the ball for five seconds. What? I mean, 
He knows, he knows, he's played football long enough at a high enough level to know that you can't do that. You would think. So, you know, you know it's, it's hard for me to, to buy that he is frozen, you know, a deer frozen in headlights. It really is. He just has too much experience for that, for that to make any sense. Yeah, I agree. And we saw it last year. I mean, he was literally voted as a top 100 player last year. Yeah. So, he's got talent. He's respected by his peers. And it worked for a portion of last year. And maybe he was running too much for their liking. And honestly, yeah, he was running a lot. Probably more than he should, ideally. But at least the offense was scoring points. Right. We haven't scored any points yet this year. And, and the thing is, is that... At the beginning of last year, all Bears fans out there too, we recall the same conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, where are the call? Where are the structured and called runs for him? Why aren't we seeing more of that? You know, and it it seemed like it was about what week five or week six when we started finally seeing that. Yeah, whenever they went out to Foxborough. Yeah. So why? How? What did we forget that happened? (laughs) You know why? Why isn't that already if you're if you're in a situation like you are at the KC game, you got to do anything you can. I don't care whether it's called the craziest trick play in the universe or just go to the simple thing and say, "You know what? Let's run the option." Right? <laughs> right? You know, I we you have to do whatever it is that you possibly can to get out of that continual funk that they flew that they went right into, and we're stuck in. Yeah, without a doubt. And when you're playing down from a talent perspective, which the Bears clearly were, like, you got to come in there with your best game plan because you know you're overmatched. But, man, bad teams beat good teams in the NFL all the time because of any number of reasons. But you got to put yourself in a position to hang around and to be a little pesky and I mean there was just not not, nothing there the the whole game it was just we I was sitting there watching it and I was just like they're like they look like they want to be doing anything other than playing this football game right now you really did and I, I I get that it's hard to look excited when you're getting your ass kicked but they just were Dead on arrival. You know, uh, you and I um, were talking uh, about this um, last, uh, not not this last week, but the week before. At at some point, I would be going to fields and just saying, you know what, Uh, we're going to run some, we're going to run some really specific routes. Just get the ball out there. You know, um, if you throw an interception, who cares? Right. Just go to the next play after that. But we we got to do something to 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 cause the defense to react. Like push the ball down the field. The, their defense ran that whole game. Yeah. I mean, and I I mean I mean it was their will being imposed on the Bears the entire time. Yeah. One analyst I saw said it just looked like the defensive backs were just sitting on every route the Bears receivers ran. Right. Which, I mean, there's supposed to be a lot of talent. Play some, play some backyard pitch and catch with DJ Moore, yeah. you know? Just go to him and say, hey, you know what, uh, run a crossing pattern. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you the ball. Uh, you know, let's, let's try and make this work. You know, it, they, were, they were playing so terribly. Who cares? Try and do something, anything. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs for sure. Um, should we get to the annual part of the show, where, or the weekly part of the show, I mean, where we say awful things about the defense? Just <laughs> <laughs> jump right in. Uh, <laughs> it's really bad. Like, <laughs> I get the Chiefs have a good offense, but... This is the part of the show where when we get done talking, saying awful things about the offense, and we now say awful things about the defense. Like, the only... The, the, the Bears should be... The, the Bears should be setting up the Broncos visiting locker room with fruit baskets and bottles of champagne because <laughs> the only reason that the Bears weren't the complete laughing stock of the league last week on both sides of the ball was because the Broncos gave up a 70-burger, Yeah, which I didn't even really know was possible in the NFL. I thought it was a mistake when I saw it on TV. But 
God, the Bears' defense is just lifeless. Yeah. They, they just can't do anything. And it's it's getting worse because there's a ton of injuries in the secondary now. I don't know how it's this bad with a defensive head coach. Yeah. I mean... It, you, you would think, if anything, the, that it flus... Because that's one of the things that supposedly was a, a special ability of his when he came to the team was his way of you know pumping up the D. Yeah, coach him up a little bit. And nobody was expecting him to be the Monsters in the Midway this year. But I was expecting him to be something other than dead last, which is where they are again. And I was it's funny, I was at the gym this morning and Sports Center was showing an interview with Roquan Smith. And oh, all, I saw that. All I could think about was like, how happy do you think that guy is to, <laughs> to not have to be on the Bears anymore? Like, to not have to be dealing with this. I mean, just the the defense just doesn't do anything to stop you. And yeah, I think that I'm maybe even more disappointed in that than I am in Fields, and I'm very disappointed in both. But I, I thought the defense was going to take a little bit of a step up this year, and it has. It's gotten worse. It it just has. I I thought that we would see uh, a better push up the middle. Yeah. Um. I I thought I wasn't real hopeful on Edge. Uh. I thought it was nice that we brought in Yannick, but yeah. Uh. I didn't I didn't see that as a as a big plus. I thought we were still gonna very much struggle at getting to the quarterback. Um, I did think that the secondary would play better. However, it has been kind of ravaged by injuries. Yeah, you know, what part of the team hasn't been ravaged by injuries? You know, what the heck? Why Why is everybody hurt? Yeah. Except for uh, guys, uh, except for Fields. You know, I mean, holy smokes, that guy takes a beating. Hold your, hold your breath and knock on some wood there because it's funny. People... I heard some people say that the game against the Chiefs was rock bottom, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it can get a lot worse. It can get a lot worse. Can you imagine if we have the Peterman out there? Oh, man. With this offensive line and with this offense. And injuries are going to keep piling up, it seems, because the Bears are already one of the more injured teams in the league. And. Now pretty much the entire starting secondary is out. We've talked a bunch about the injuries on the line. And, yeah, it, this thing could get a lot worse even still. It could get better, too, like I talked about. I mean, like I said, the schedule's softening up a bit. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears go 500 over the next four games. But it also wouldn't surprise me at all if they go 0-4. And, yeah. like, we're just staring at... We're just staring into the abyss at that point. If you're if you're talking about zero and six, zero and seven, then yeah, that's quitting time. Yeah, and you know that might happen. Um, and uh, uh, if it if it does, you know you're you're looking at uh, you know the the first overall pick. Um, you're presented with uh, the the top uh, the top quarterback prospect in in, in college football who. Probably could have been the number one overall pick last year if he would have been able to come out. Yeah, maybe like a back-to-back Heisman winner. Uh, yeah, uh, and he's already off to a really good year. I mean, he's uh, a top of most statistics already. Uh, and he certainly um, looks like a much more accomplished passer just in, at the college level than Fields was. But, you know, right now... What we have in front of us is we still, as fans, want to go watch a team that's enjoyable to watch play. And so far, there just hasn't been any any enjoyment at all. No. Last year, we did the weekly tank report, like the last like six or seven weeks of the season. <laughs> and that might be a pretty short segment this, this year. Yeah. <laughs> if, right. if this doesn't turn around quick, then the Bears have a... Very direct line to that first overall pick. And maybe another top five pick, because Carolina also stinks. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think that's our recap of the game. Um, yeah. Credit to us for doing 30 minutes on that. <laughs> I know you had a, a, a quarterback topic you wanted to get to. Yeah, so one of the things uh, we started doing is we were doing this, uh, we were doing the quarterback ranking, and I was... Um, I was looking 
I was curious because I was looking at um, around the league and seeing that there's a, there's several teams that are very underwhelming as as well and big uh, you, you know they're, they're big a big part of that is their quarterback play as well so yeah. is, is is this is is something happening that is different this year it, it makes me curious because some some very big names uh, are not playing that well and so you know I, I, I put together a, a, a new sheet. Uh, this week to to look at you know what what's going on and uh, you know just uh, so I I have the QBRs here and uh, I thought there was a couple of them that really jumped out at me uh, that really jumped out at me um, the uh, you know, uh, you have um, Trevor Lawrence uh, not playing. Uh, very well this uh, this year. Uh, Joe Burrow not playing very well this year. Uh, the the NFC as a whole yeah. <laughs> is not really playing that well. Dak Prescott comes to mind. Yeah, uh, and his team is you know stacked. Yeah. Right, it's lost to the Cardinals. Uh, right now, Kirk Cousins is leading the NFC in yards. <laughs> a win three team too. Uh, what is that, right? So uh, you know, when I when I look at this, I don't see a lot of great quarterback play really up and down the board. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Stafford is near the top here in yards for a, a terrible team. Um, Jared Goff uh, is playing pretty well right now. I think uh, amongst uh, the NFC quarterbacks, he's probably you know one of the best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wonder. What, I wonder why that is because you're right. It does seem like a lot of bigger names have gotten off to slow starts, and Burrow's been injured, so that that one will put aside. But yeah, I mean, Herbert hasn't been great. Lawrence hasn't been great. But I mean, considering that Burrow is supposed to be I mean, there's a, quite a few uh, of the talking heads out there that have anointed him the number two quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and he's highest paid right now, right? So it's been kind of perplexing just looking around at some of the names. And I wonder if it's partially because of how teams approach the preseason. It, a lot of these guys just don't get any reps until week one. I also wonder, have you? does it seem to you like they're calling fewer flags this year? Um, you know, it does a little bit. I, I wonder if that's maybe part of it, where maybe they, they're letting them play a little more out there. And actually, I should look that up, because I, I noticed that pretty early on in week one. I was like, man, all these games I've, I've been watching have been pretty penalty-free, which I am all for. But, th- yeah, it, it does seem like some of these guys have gotten off to really slow starts. And I, I, I'm sure there's a number of reasons, but maybe that gives Bears fans a little bit more faith, because it's not just us. <laughs> Well, uh, and uh, along that topic, um, ESPN uh, came out with the uh, came out with a hot board for 2024 uh, about what we're going to see, you know, coming out next year. And uh, you know, Caleb Williams right there at the top, uh, and Drake May at number two. Uh, Quinn Ewers from Texas at number three. JJ McCarthy at number four. And then Sanders from uh, Colorado. Wow, how about that? So you know, there, there's quite a bit of talent right there, and the Bears are going to be right in front of it. Um, I mean, I would still, even if the Bears bounce back this year, they're still going to be a very high pick. Yeah, and we're going to see how the rest of the year goes at quarterback. I, what percentage, if you just had to guess right now, would you put on Fields being? Uh, how about this on on the Bears not taking a quarterback with their first pick next year. Uh, right now, I'd say there is probably a twenty-five percent chance that they don't yeah. take that, a quarterback. That's what I'm thinking too. Maybe even less. Yeah, it, it could be less. Um, we don't know what Poles is is thinking, but Poles did have faith in this kid. You know, I mean, that wasn't the that wasn't the fans' choice to 
trade away the first the first overall pick and continue on with Fields' growth. I thought it was a very smart decision. You and I talked multiple times about how it was great. We were going into the offseason, and we didn't have to figure out who was going to be the quarterback, you know. And I'm not I'm not sold that this kid is a bust yet. I just really am not. He's a 24-year-old player. He has elite athleticism. He has a strong arm. Why he suddenly is having trouble reading the field, I just don't believe that it's as bad. He 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 seemed to play better last year. Yeah, he did, and I think that if the Bears do move on from him, someone will trade for him. And you know the thing is, is that also is if they do decide that, like I was saying earlier, is that I think it's more of looking at it and saying we can upgrade our level of play at the at the position by drafting, you know, Caleb Williams and restarting the clock too. I mean. And restarting the clock next, as well. Next year is the last year of Fields' rookie deal. We all have talked about how important that is. Which congratulations to the Bears on wasting years one through three completely. <laughs> congratulations to multiple regimes on that. But yeah. yeah, that seems to be where it's headed. And the fact is that uh, Poles didn't pick Fields. No, he he, stuck, he did not. He stuck with him this year, but he didn't draft him. So he and didn't. you know, along that line is one of the things I was thinking about this week is, did he really pick Eberflus? Because you remember how that went down? It was like there were you know we were we were doing the 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 George McCaskey and that and that group kind of picked polls. And Flus at the same time. Yeah, they had it narrowed down to the three. Which do you remember who the three were? No, I don't. I looked it up. And oh, this, nice. This is an impressive list here. We have Dan Quinn and Jim Caldwell. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's right. I actually liked Jim Caldwell, but yeah, I, I would like there to be some journalism on what really went down there. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me that. They, Dan Quinn. Ugh. It doesn't make sense to me that Ryan Poles would have taken the job if he was taking it under the condition of you're gonna. These are the three guys, and you have to pick one of the three. Like that doesn't make sense to me, especially because we know he had other job options available. But it also doesn't make a lot of sense to me that someone from Kansas City would come and if there's one thing we know about Kansas City, they didn't build that dynasty with a defensive head coach, right? So I don't know. I, I don't I would love to know how this truly came together. And remember there's all the weirdness with the fact that Poles and Eberflus have Trace Armstrong as the agent. Yeah. So like I it, it's weird. I don't fully get how he arrived at that conclusion and that's what I was saying earlier. Kevin Warren's gotta be sitting down with him because Kevin Warren didn't hire any of these guys. Right. And they should be talking through how did you get here because you clearly made the wrong choice well uh as i said earlier I, i'm standing behind polls uh, i don't care what uh the talking heads or uh, uh say out there um because i specifically believe that since the previous guy got seven years he should definitely get more than a year and a half which is essentially what he's had to work with uh I don't know whether he gets more than next year, but he should at least get next year. Yeah, I think so. And part of it is you got to let him learn and make mistakes. I mean, most guys, when they start, don't make all the right moves right away. And I'll tell you this. Everyone was talking about how the assistant GM, uh, Cunningham, was likely to get a GM job in short order. I think that's probably off the table. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably still going to have these two young executives, and maybe they realize that, hey, we don't have all the answers, and they go out and hire another assistant GM. I don't know. I don't think that they're going to move on from the front office after only two years. I think that is too soon. But I think there's got to be acknowledgement that a lot of things have gone wrong so far, and you got to learn from it. Well, and you can go back. You can go back to the fact that Pace should not have gotten the opportunity to draft two different quarterbacks. I mean, uh, uh, that that's part of it right there. For sure. You know, and let's not forget that he also is the one that decided to dump Cutler too. That's so, you know, there, there's a, there was a lot of, a lot of crap that he left that had to be dealt with before any rebuild could happen. That's so, 
That's one of the things that he had to deal with right when he got there. Well, and that's always it with the Bears, is that it's never new coach, new GM, new quarterback all at the same time. Yeah. The last time that happened was 1994 with uh, Eric Kramer, I think Wanstead. Yeah. So I can't remember who the GM was, but like... Remember, when the Bears fired Jerry Angelo, they hired Phil Emery and said, well, you're not allowed to fire Lovey." And then yep. John Fox and Ryan Pace inherit Jay Cutler. And then the Bears allow Ryan Pace to stick around too long, like you were just talking about. And then the new regime is stuck with a quarterback that maybe they didn't want. So, yeah, the, the timeline never lines up with the Bears, and that's just a direct result of poor leadership at the top and you know that's been george for a long time and now maybe with kevin warren that'll get a little better hopefully i I don't even know though if kevin warren's doing anything with football he might just be focusing on the stadium who the hell knows with these guys so yeah uh, it's a it's a another another year of these conversations and i (laughs) i i i I really can't believe we're here already after three games it feels like the bears have played 14 games this year it it really yeah it's that's a big part of the of, of why it is so disheartening to the fans, and I understand. You know, I'm right there. I, I just we we do need to also take into account though that the rebuild was not expected to be done uh, at this point. Polls was very specific and open about the fact that it was going to be. 2022 and 2023 and 2024 is when we were going to start looking at some major improvement being in the conversation of winning the division. Um, and, you know, we, we do have two first round picks in this next draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we pull the same thing that the Texans did and, and take the top edge rusher and the and the and the top quarterback, uh, you know, uh, prospect in the same draft. Uh, see, the selection of C.J. Stroud is certainly looking very good right now. He's one of the he's one of the leaders in the NFL right now. He's look good behind like a paper mache offensive line too. Yeah, so um, it, it, there's a there's still a lot of football that is to be played this year. So. And we we could see some settling in. Um, it certainly hasn't helped with the offensive line disaster, and it has been a disaster. I think that somebody needs to step up and say, you know what, that we got to do better because I don't I don't understand how you know all the all the offensive linemen seem to be hurt. Yeah, hurt or not reliable and. Yeah, you're you're at a, another position where the only player that is for sure even going to be here going into next year on the line is is Darnell Wright. Yeah, he's the only one that's a guarantee. So, yeah, it's bad. Um, where are the Bears at the power rankings? <laughs> so, uh, on to the power rankings, and uh, this week um, uh, we've uh, they've they've looked at uh, every team's offensive efficiency. And uh, the 32 NFL Nation reporters identified the biggest issue on every offense. So we're going to, that's the plus one today. Uh, The number one overall team this this week was the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Their their biggest issue on offense, uh, apparently pass protection, has been a, a bit of an issue. Um, trying to keep, uh, you know, Brock Purdy upright. I guess he's, uh, suffering a sack on about 6% of, of the dropbacks, which is pretty high for, uh, for it. And then the Dolphins are, uh, at the top of the AFC East Eagles at number three. So let's drop down to the first, uh, NFC North team. Now we already saw that the Lions won this week. Uh, they were ranked eight. This week, they'll be moving up after uh, a great win over um, over over the Packers. Their rushing efficiency was, the, was listed as their biggest problem. And uh, David Montgomery had a huge game. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, it, that's cool that it's uh, working out for him. Did, did you see, by the way, like all the Lions fans at Lambeau? 
No, like, I didn't they, notice that. Yeah, they did. Someone took a, a video from the upper deck, and it legit looked like they were playing at Ford Field. Wow. Um, sure, blue stands out a little more, but there were a lot of Lions fans at that game. Lions fans are soaking this in, and you know what? Good for them. Yeah, they, good for them. They've suffered through it. Uh, the next team is the Packers at number 12. They moved up from 19 to 12. They jumped seven spots. They'll be going back down. And then they got squashed. So, uh, biggest issue on offense, completion percentage. Yep, that's right. Jordan Love has the worst completion percentage in the NFL. Wow, I would not have guessed that. So, yeah, 53%. That's not very good. No, so, um, oh, well, I guess they're, um, Zach Wilson is actually worse. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, uh, and then we drop all the way down to, um, we're still going. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings are down at 26. Uh, Ooh. biggest issue on offense for them, turnovers. Yep, sure is. And I don't see that getting better pretty soon. That team is a mess too. They are. I mean, they look they look better than us, but they also have better weapons on. They still have the uh, the reigning offensive player of the year. Yeah, and it's not like he's been unproductive. He's been really good. I mean, this look, look he at leads him. the NFL in yards. Yeah, he's been great already. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to guess where <laughs> where the Bears are? I, I don't think that's a real tough guess. Is I it? Got to put them last. Yeah. So they are dead last. The Broncos are actually <laughs> in front of them. Broncos tumbled uh, three spots to thirty-one, and oh, the Bears. Oh, we got a we got a we got a matchup this week. Then the Bears fell. The Bears fell from twenty to thirty-two. So, um, biggest issue on offense: the entire operation. <laughs> So it says uh, there's plenty of blame to go around with the Bears offense, which is performing worse than it did a year ago. Some receivers aren't running routes the correct way, which has led to spacing issues. They're affecting the timing of when the throw should be delivered. Uh, Play calling has put fields in situations to make plays from the pocket, and the quarterback's struggles are magnified. Uh, The Bears have been outscored. 106 to 47 in their first three losses. Um, Fields has the worst quarterback rating in the NFL and yards per drop back at only 4.6. So, you know, I, there's just not a whole lot good to, to say. I think we've beat that drum enough. Cairo uh, Santos has been good, right? Yeah, Cairo Santos is Cairo. Uh, Santos. Don't let, don't let anyone tell you we don't say anything positive on this show. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, uh, it, it's it, it's it's bad, but uh, I still think that there's uh, I still am holding out hope that there there could be something more. Obviously, somebody needs to come together on that team though, and and realize that they need to change out how they're using fields just for the sake of of play. Because just doing the same things over and over again, which is what I felt like they were doing in the Chiefs game, wasn't working. Yeah, and he said he was going to say F it, and that didn't happen last week. Yeah. Maybe it will this week. Yeah, so um, that's, uh, you know, the power rankings for the week. Um, We're not going to... There's not a whole lot more to wanna, to say there. Want to pop around the division? Real I, I, quick? I would definitely say that the uh, that the AFC still looks much stronger than the NFC. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we'll go to the uh, we'll go to the schedule here and and see what there is to be seen. Um, Packers Lions last night. I mean, Lions just looked like a way better team. And I, I personally picked that win. So, uh, but. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, 32 carries, 121 yards, three touchdowns for David Montgomery. Uh, Jordan Love looked like doo-doo. Yeah. Um, I think uh, probably some uh, Packer fans are might be starting to get a little bit, <laughs> a little bit nervous there. Uh, we've got um, the Vikings, and uh, they're going up against the Panthers. So, um, you know, that's a... That's one of their tough road games. So, uh, you know, I, I would I would think that they would easily win that game. I would think so. 
If they can't beat the Panthers, then... I, I, is Bryce Young even going to be playing? I think the plan is for him to play. There's a lot of rumors about the Vikings potentially trading Kirk Cousins. Kirk, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either, but if you go to Owen... If you lose this one, maybe you start thinking about it. Like, I just don't know. Say, Like, the only place I think they'd trade him to is the Jets. Yeah, but th- that's the thing is... The Jets already gave up a lot for for twelve. And what they, what are they going to give up for? Oh, and like, can they? I, I can they make the cap work? And then, like, does Kirk Cousins really come in and, and bail you out there? I mean, it's going to take. I do you know that Cousins has no trade clause. Okay, it's so like Kirk, Kirk Cousins going to New York. I mean, he, he's got a. I mean, he could step in there right away and be better than Zach Wilson. I'll give him that. Absolutely, but it's going to take him some time to get up to speed, and then. Kirk Cousins isn't going to be the special quarterback that they were hoping Aaron Rodgers would be. No, like, he's going to it's going to be a one-year deal. Like they're not winning the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. So no. I, I don't that trade doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. Uh matchup predictor is 64% to to 30 uh to 35% and uh or 36%. Um it looks like uh right now it's still showing Dalton is going to be the starter. Um, I, I've heard that Young might be back this week. I don't know what the latest is on him. Uh, Adam Thielen is having a pretty good year. Yeah, he so sure is. Congratulations if you uh, put him on your fantasy team. I mean, Bears Bears could use a favor from the Vikings here. Like, go down and win this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Help us. That, that, that would be about the only good thing about it. Uh, Broncos and Bears. <sighs> um, Matchup predictor. 53 to 47. Yeah, it feels like kind of a coin flip, but I'm not picking the Bears until they give me a reason to. And I think the Broncos are better. And now just hearing that pretty much the entire Bears secondary is going to be out, I don't know that they're going to be able to stop the Broncos at all. And like if Sean Payton is worth even a fraction of what, the Broncos paid him. That Broncos team should come out absolutely guns blazing on Sunday because they need a win too. And this is a chance for them to kind of recover from just getting absolutely embarrassed by the Dolphins. I want to pick the Bears here because the Bears are going to win a game at some point, but I just... I don't feel real good about it. I, I don't have a football reason to do it. Yeah. Like, saying that they have to win at some point isn't a reason. It's just, like, saying a, a fact. Like, they will win another game at some point, but until they do, I, I don't really feel strongly that they're they're going to, if that makes sense. Well, as players, you know, they're, they're, it does come down to just some, just some, you know, personal respect, some self-respect about... Just wanting to be out there and doing a good job at what you're paid to do, right? Right. And uh, so we could see an energized team come out there after how lifeless it was in Kansas City. Um, it is home game. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bears this week. I, I think that uh, they could come out a, a rejuvenated. Um, they are playing a team that is terrible as well. Uh, so it wouldn't, be, you know, it wouldn't be a mighty win for the for them to win. But uh, I, I think that's uh, I think I'm going to go that way. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I've we've seen this before with bear seasons that are circling the drain, where when when it just feels like they're about to lose the game, that just completely like just completely sends them into the black hole, right? Like, sometimes they do come out and find a way to get one, and then it makes things a little better for a couple weeks. And the Broncos stink. Like, their defense is terrible. It's just as bad as the Bears. So, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears can actually get some drives going this game and can actually get in the end zone a couple times. And, you know, Russell Wilson has played a little better this year, but he can still throw you the ball and... Just, the Broncos just aren't very good in general, so I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Bears find a way to finally get one, but I don't think I'm betting on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're not picking them for our uh, for the survivor. Yeah, 
Shout out to Matt who just texted this as we're recording. Apparently Chase Claypool is complaining about the coaches not using him correctly. Oh, like, shocking. Right now. <laughs> okay, so that was that move was a total disaster. I really had hoped that that would be a, a big plus for the team. And uh, I, I don't blame Poles for, for trying to make that pull last year. Um, you know, they... He didn't have, I don't think he had any idea at the time that that was going to be the number 32 overall pick. It was obviously a blunder on his part, uh, betting on Claypool and, uh, you know, not giving him our, our pick rather than, uh, uh, rather than giving him the, the high pick, but whatever it's, you know, your, your GM, um, is, is going to make mistakes, and I, I didn't. I certainly didn't see it as 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 bad of a disaster as it's turned out to be. So, like, serious question is: Is Chase Claypool <laughs> trying to get cut? I, I I don't know. He just. I'm not even like joking when I ask that. Like, is he is, 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 is he, he tr- trying to even get cut out of the NFL? I mean, you know, he already got cut. Essentially, the the Jets were just like, yeah, here you go, and. Uh, you know, uh, now now Chicago's going to get rid of him. You know, there's going to be a certain point where teams are just going to be like, this guy's a bad attitude case. Yeah, he's. this will be the second stop that hasn't gone well for him. And, you know, he is talented. Someone will pick him up. But does he not realize how much money he's cost himself already this year? Like, he must not. He's going he's gonna to have to get This a, is his contract year. Yeah, like... Is is he not motivated by money? Apparently, I mean, uh, I, I well, t- t- talk about just. I was just complimenting the Bears earlier about the fact that they haven't been as embarrassing this week. Like, <laughs> they, they, they've, just, they've just been like they, they've been like normal, yeah. terrible, right? Yeah. Like they haven't been not exceptionally terrible. Yeah, they haven't been the circus they were last week. So, well, congratulations to Chase Claypool. I guess good vibes going into the game on. Sunday. We'll see if he's even active. Who knows? Maybe the coaches will just sit him down and enough's enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a feeling on the game at all. I, I, I guess if I, if I had to lean one way, it would be Broncos, but I, I, these teams both stink. I think the Broncos might be a little better. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both really terrible. Um, I would say on the face of things that the, the Broncos, um, probably should win. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give the the tip of the cap to 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 the Bears. Um, just you know maybe they come out and just like you know I'm tired of getting the beat down. Uh, we're we're at our own house. Let, let's uh, let's stand up and 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 get one. And maybe <laughs> maybe the turnover battle bounces their way. I don't know. That the actual Chase Claypool quote is. Chase Claypool was asked if the Bears are effectively utilizing him to showcase his full potential. Chase Claypool, no. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. Uh, should we do Survivor? Yeah, let's uh, let's let, let's take a look at that real quick. So we're we're still alive. Uh, rough week in Survivor last week. Great call by you to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Thank you. I wanted to pick the Jaguars. They lost. That knocked out 25% of this pool. Yeah. Cowboys somehow lost to the Cardinals. That knocked out another 18%. Ravens, another 6% there. So right now, of of a pool that started with over 1,700 people, there's 542 left, including you and me. So we're in the top third. That's pretty good. So this week, I mean, there's a couple of low-hanging fruit. Uh, San Francisco is a two touchdown favorite at home against the Cardinals. Yeah. Especially they, they, they had some extra rest too. Yeah. They're going to destroy the Cardinals. Yeah. You can also go with the chiefs against the jets on yep. Sunday night football. I don't, I don't see the jets uh, being able to resist that. I mean, Zach Wilson is going to be starting, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, he could lose the game just by himself. I think this will be his last start because they just signed Trevor Simeon. Oh yeah, that's right. Have fun with that. But uh, do you feel strongly about either of them or anybody else? So uh, both of those teams, um, I'm, I'm I'm good with. Uh, I do uh, I do think that the Cowboys might be a decent pick. Uh, at, at, they're playing at home against a Patriots team that I don't think is very good. Uh, even though 
Uh, like you mentioned, Dak Prescott has not had a great year. He still has C.D. Lamb to throw the ball to. And uh, the defense is tough. And uh, Micah Parsons is playing like a man possessed right now. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that could be a game that the defense just takes over and wins it. The uh, I was looking at the Vikings game, but I don't trust them at all. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Don't trust them that at would, all. Like, I think they'll win, but that's going to be... I, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if they somehow lost that, that game. That would just be an absolutely miserable experience, yeah. having to watch that game and yeah. hoping that they don't... Vikings all over the place. Yeah. Um, Do you want to just go with the 49ers? We could. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, you could say, well, we need to save them for down the road. But then again, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you lose. Yeah. So. I'm looking at their schedule uh, after this week. Cowboys, Browns, Vikings here, though. Bengals, Jaguars, Fox, like. There's not a lot of good opportunities to use them for a while, at least. And I say we just go ahead and use them. Yeah, I, I think it's very unlikely they lose, especially considering the extra days of rest. I, I think we can use them and feel pretty good about it and then hope people keep dropping out. So yeah, exactly. If you're good with it, I'm, I'm good with taking the, the layup here. Okay, so well, that's uh, it for this week. Uh, sorry we were late this week. Um, real life caught up with, uh, with both of us. And uh, we are planning on um, uh, trying to keep a, a regular schedule here. It's just that sometimes, uh, yeah. so, you know, sometimes the regular things like the mortgage payment yeah. <laughs> are more important. Work, life. So, yeah, bad, bad job by us this week. But thanks, everyone, for listening. Got several texts asking where the episode was. So we do appreciate everyone listening and care, yeah. caring about what we have to say. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back uh Next Wednesday, and uh, might sound like a, a threat more than a promise with the way this bear <laughs> season's going, but hey, maybe we'll be talking about a win. Yeah, bear down. Bear down.